Frank, it has officially happened. We can run iOS applications on macOS because these new M1 chips apparently are the best thing ever created ever. I'm looking at all the reviews, Frank. I'm looking at all the, the Verge articles. I'm looking at all the YouTubes. And everyone said that these are the best laptops ever created in the entire world. Uh, fact. Yeah, that seems to be the truth as, as far as what Twitter has told me. I only know what Twitter has told me because you and I have DDKs and they're, they're not the fastest fastest berry in the bunch that analogy doesn't work um but uh i I didn't order one did you order one so we talked about this a little bit last week i really am now thinking about it because i was watching Dieter over at the verge and he was reviewing the macbook air and he said that this puppy just completely flies he could not he could not distinguish an x86 application from a native compiled application yeah. So we've said before that Rosetta 2 is kind of impressively good. And that was just from us running on the old hardware. And so seeing these uh, uh, reviews, whatever performance things come out, it's all just kind of validating kind of, I think how we felt was, dang, this thing actually works. <laughs> and it works really well. So we are in that scary space where I don't know. We we got this hardware, but somehow I was still just kind of putting it off in my head a little bit because I'm working on other things. I'm always working on something else, it seems. And I was like, uh, a- Apple's going to take its time with uh, rolling out this hardware. You know, it, it, I, I have months and months to wait. And then they just started selling Macs. <laughs> and <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> you can buy one today. And I'm like, oh, jeepers. Oh, jeepers. Uh, I need to catch up and really think through what I'm going to do with my apps now and going into the future. Yeah, it's a good point. There's um, very different strategies. And that's what I want to talk about today as we talk about our apps that are in the store for iOS today and for iPad OS and what we're going to do here. But I think it is very fascinating because yeah, you're right. You know, I also was in the same camp as you. We had the DTKs. We still do. Those are running an A12Z modified chip of some sort. It's not the M1 chip. I double-checked the specifications on the box when I was wrapping mine up. I can't upgrade mine, so I'm like literally you know, waiting for you, Frank, to do the upgrade and test my apps for me via a screen share session. So I'm really waiting for this one day to, for it to happen. Maybe we could, we could do a stream it live. That could be entertaining because it's out, right? It's out into the world, and I'm assuming that things are going to run amazing based on you know what they've said now I, I will say this though i've only really watched a lot of the videos and read articles mostly about you know natively compiled m1 arm apps and x86 applications which they say the x86 applications on m1 run better than on the intel chips in most cases which is fascinating but i haven't really watched too many videos or gotten through all the videos where they were reviewing the, you know, iPad and iOS applications on it, which I'm really fascinated about because that's a big selling feature. And it seems as though Apple puts up a big sort of, Hey, these are available. I was looking at some of the screenshots, I think in the store, it's like, this is an an iPad application and trying to describe people why it may not be perfect um, because it's made for touch and there's no touch screen, which we've talked about. (laughs) So it's kind of a scary point because all of, I'm assuming all of my iOS applications are now 
just available, but I can't, I don't know. Like, I just don't know. And that's scary to me. It is scary. Um, I, I keep, I'm curious if I just see like sales double, won't that be cool? <laughs> uh, it turns out 10 million people bought all these laptops all of a sudden and just started buying all the apps. That'd be awesome. But I think, no, the, uh, the volume is going to be low for a little while because it's going to take time to roll out all this hardware. And so we're just not going to see it in sales for a while. And on top of that, like you said, we just don't have the hardware and we haven't been testing. I think that's shame on us. I don't know. When were you able to first start testing your ARM version of your app on the DDK? I've never been able to do that. I've never been able to. I never made it off preview one, unfortunately, of the first DDK. (laughs) I I tried to upgrade it. I had problems. I tried to force it through and it just didn't didn't work. Um, but I, I've been waiting. I think that's the thing is I kind of kept waiting. I didn't believe that Apple was going to release these MacBooks. And, and I guess also I didn't believe that they would release them in such force to the point where <laughs> really you can only buy a MacBook Air with an M1 processor. And pretty much you can only buy a MacBook Pro 13 with a M1 processor. I know it's available, but why would you not buy it? I guess, especially with these glowing reviews, But, you know, there's a big banner inside that's been there for a long time, by the way, inside of the App Store Connect portal, which is iPhone and iPad apps on Apple Silicon Macs. You need to manage your availability today. And I also ignored that, Frank, because I was like, eh, it's not going to happen. Not a big deal. Um, But it's still there. I'm looking at it. I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I ignored it for a long time, too. More out of I didn't know what to do um because i have handwritten mac versions of a lot of my apps not mm. not all of them but the ones i make money on <laughs> i've written mac versions of and i was like so do i what happens like what happens when apple actually releases this computer when they go to the app store if i have the checkbox saying yes please put this into the mac app store Will they see two copies of my app, like Mm. a Mac version and then the iOS version? How will they be distinguished from each other? Because as far as I know, they have identical titles. (laughs) So that's a little bit weird. Um, And then just putting this down for the future, let's not talk about just yet. Uh, Apple does have universal bundle IDs. And I think in the future, that's the direction I'm going to go. But right now, I have separate bundle IDs, separate apps. And I just, I I got frozen. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, is there a way in the developer portal to say, Hey, this app has been seen 5,000 times on iOS, but 10,000 times on Mac OS, right? You know, I, I also don't know what that looks like. You know, I know that the review units are out there and people are probably starting to receive, um, things just in general. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'm in a little bit easier of a situation because my applications are either only on Mac OS or only on iOS. So to me, it's like a no brainer, like, Hey, put them all in there. Right. Even though I've never tested any of them at all. (laughs) I mean, that's the problem. Like we haven't tested them at all. So I've been doing catalyst work lately. So this is basically the same technology. You're taking your iOS app and running it on, but not arm Intel x86, but as a Mac app. And as far as I can tell, it's all going through the same libraries as when you run your ARM iOS app on the new Mac. It's still that same translation layer happening. 
the big difference is fonts are scaled by 70%, and that changes kind of the layout of your UI. Windows can be resized, those kinds of things. So I would say just from my experience, I would guess that your app is probably working pretty well, (laughs) but it's so weird not knowing, right? Boy, I'm really starting to feel like a failure right now for not having tested all this stuff. Well, and and we also have to think about like, you know, are the in-app purchases working too? I think that's another question. I believe that you had to have recompiled your application against a newer version of Xcode maybe for it to work. I'm not 100% sure. I remember reading that somewhere. And if I find it, I'll put it in the show note links. But also, how do I test in-app purchases on my Mac? Do I just assume that they work okay? Because what I don't want is for people to leave reviews on the Mac ver- or the iOS Mac version. Like also how does that work? Like if someone reviews my app on a Mac, is that going to show up on iOS too? Like I don't actually know. Uh, uh just guessing. Yes, just because when when you log into App Store Connect and you look at the URLs, I happen to stare at the URLs a lot. Uh, there's an iOS URL and a Mac URL. And as far as I can tell, they still use that URL difference. So the big change that they have done to App Store Connect is when you create an application, they call it an application record in the documentation, Mm -hmm. you can now have Mac and iOS versions of your app listed there. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of a cool feature. In the past, when you create an app record, it had to be Mac or iOS. And now with the unified bundle IDs, they all merge together. But again, it doesn't help me. That's great future tech. It doesn't help me making my decisions right now. So right now I've decided to be conservative. I've decided that until I have me, myself, and I tested this software on one of these pieces of hardware, I don't want to start selling it. I have pride. I want quality software out there. Now, that is for the apps that I have Mac versions of. For the other apps that I only have iOS versions of, just like you, I'm like, yeah, what the heck? (laughs) Throw it into the store. Go for it, Apple. Uh, Frank, I just discovered the scariest thing in the entire world. Are you ready for this? Uh, You haven't been recording all this time. Oh, no, I've been recording. I went into the App Store (laughs) Connect. I selected one of my iOS applications, and then I went to the Device tab, and it says Desktop. Two. Uh, Two? Two installs on desktop. That means people are running Uh-oh. my application on <laughs> desktop. It. Which one was this? Sorry. This one is my scoreboard app. Whoa, cool. Okay, so two people have bought new Macs and needed some scorekeeping. That is pretty cool, actually. Neat. <laughs> I mean, that is the only way I can tell today if it's there because it says iPhone, iPad, desktop. Because I was thinking of it, I was like, oh, okay, if, if I look at all of my, you know, different numbers on here. When I go to App Store Connect, I look at device, I say, okay, well, desktop is my number one because my number one application is a Mac OS application. But if I tap on a specific app and I go, oh, where does that go? You know, and, and where is it popping up? Is it on desktop or is it not? And it's totally there. So we at least have the capabilities there, but I think you are correct, which is if someone then goes and reviews that application, then it's going to inherently be a review for that app, right? It's a review of the app, which now this app is running on 
multiple platforms. So a review on any of the platforms is a review for all platforms. Yes. Hashtag question mark. <laughs> it's how it feels right now. Uh, boy, uh, Apple really, uh, I think they kind of did this with 64-bit also. Remember back in the day, everyone's like, we're doing 32-bit ARM. The world's 32-bit. Life is good. And then Apple decide, or just kind of out of the blue, Apple's like, oh, by the way, iOS is 64-bit now. And all your apps need to be 64-bit. And we're going to require it on Mac. They did that transition pretty swiftly. <laughs> Funny. Um, so I should have seen this coming, I guess. But again, I just delayed too long. I am excited for you. You, you already got sales. Is that for a free app or do you have to pay for it? That's a free one. Yeah, no, no paid apps yet. The Animal Crossing app is the is the paid one that's going to go free if I ever decide to test my in-app purchases logic that I need to finish at some, at some time. The, the epic conclusion to... I'm just way too lazy. I should just make it free and not even care about it. But I'm going to delay until Christmas. Maybe it'll be a Christmas miracle. Who knows? <laughs> um, okay, so, but let's get back here. Okay. Now that I've scared myself to death because I didn't, you know, check or uncheck any boxes, you did decide to collectively uncheck boxes now on all of your applications or only on the ones that have Mac applications? Right. So, so far, all the ones that I've already written Mac versions of, I uncheck the box, as in my hope is they will be directed to download the x86 version, the x86 64-bit version. All my other iOS apps, I said, yes, go ahead and put onto the store, except for one. <laughs> Did you get one of these emails? I got a nice email from Apple saying, hello, developer. Hello. We were testing your app for you look at us how generous are we and we ran it on our new awesome hardware and oh boy did it crash <laughs> oh no yeah so they actually sent me a really nice email with a full crash report and a console log of everything going on executing that app and I don't remember what the bug is. I don't think I can find that email that quickly, but it's kind of cool. So they're at least running their apps and uh, making sure they at least, what, don't crash <laughs> before they put it up on the app store. So you didn't get one of those emails, all your apps worked? No, apparently, well, you know, it depends on where they sent the email. This is a good question. I'm going to check literally all of my inboxes. <laughs> okay. From colon apple. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I think see. you'll be lucky because it was only one of my apps and I have, ooh, I don't know, eight apps up on the app store right now. So I, no, I, looks, I looks, think it looks, looks okay. Yeah. You're a better yeah, coder than okay. I am. You know, <laughs> I, I don't see anything in there, but my apps are simple applications. So they're nothing, nothing too crazy. I would say inside of this. Well, yeah. it's funny. The one that's crashing is my silly math game. That's just an iMessage clone <laughs> where you're just solving little math puzzles. And that one is, it, it can't be more than a thousand lines of code. So I'm really curious how I managed to make that one crash. I think that's pretty impressive. So does that mean that uh, continuous works? That's what I'm trying to figure out right now. I'm clicking around in App Store Connect. Where where did you see the thing saying that you had uh, two downloads on desktop? 
Okay, so when you so this is this would be a fun adventure for everyone. So when you go into your developer portal, you can click on App Store Connect. Now the next thing that you're going to do is then launch App Store Connect, which is App Store Connect Apple.com. You want to go to Sales and Trends. Okay, ah, that's sales where you're and at. Trends. Okay. Then you want to tap on Units. And okay, so under Sales, mm-hmm. there's Units. Mm-hmm. Then tap on Continuous. Tap. Mm, hang on. Circle loading. Circle loading takes a while sometimes. It, it does. When you sell so many <laughs> units like you, Frank. <laughs> the, the numbers add one at a time <laughs> just to keep it all in suspense. So now instead of having a bunch of different bar charts, you have the one highlighted. Then you can click on device. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I, I will phone back when this is complete. I will call back into the show. Okay. Nice. That's how you so, do it. So you kind of narrow it down. So yeah, my, my plan is then, um, to either update this DDK or I don't think I'm going to get the air. I don't, do I want a laptop? I was, I was planning on getting the mini version of it, uh, because that can just sit on my desk and whatever life is fine, but, uh, test it out myself if I'm happy with how it's working, or maybe I, uh, need to do an update to the app get it into a state where I like it. And then I will enable it, I think. But honestly, I'm still debating for my current existing apps. Yeah, I mean, I think for, it does make a lot of sense. If we think about what you have is in the past, you've developed two applications, one for iOS, one for Mac, very traditional, which makes sense. This is a case where each of those applications, you really fine tune for each operating system. And I think that the right call is what you made, which is, hey, put my Mac app on the Mac, put my iOS app on the iOS and call it a good because, you know, then you're in decision, which is like, Hey, do I use catalyst in the future? Do I use this new fancy thing? Or do I keep, keep developing two applications? And for some of your, for some of your apps, it may make complete sense to just keep them as is, or else, you know, who knows what that, I don't know what an upgrade cycle looks like if, you know, people move to the you know, catalyst version or the, the magic non-catalyst version, right? What does that look like? I think for the other applications, the state that I'm in and the state that you're in, which is like, Hey, I could now open up my application to millions of new users. It's kind of a no brainer besides the testing point of view. And I think that's a, the point that scares us, which is, Hey, we're going to take people's money and we just hope magically that it works. And this is the conundrum, right? Which is, Hey, we often release applications and we haven't tested them every single piece of hardware. I haven't tested them on tons of uh, iPad devices and I haven't tested them on, you know, um, new different iOS iPhone versions. And now we're saying, Hey, we also have to test that this thing will work on Mac OS and many people aren't going to have this hardware. So it's sort of, we're in the state, which is, let's say we didn't have the DTKs that we have to go buy something to then test our application, which is what we've done forever, right? I mean, in theory, that we've done that to a certain extent because it's like, well, if I run my if I run my Windows application on Windows, I'm going to hope that it works on all versions of Windows that I target. Where in this case, it's not only um, a new instruction set, but it's a completely different device at the same time. So it's not only does my app work well, but or run, I should say, but does it actually work and is it functional or is it so demanding of a touchscreen that I want to turn it off? There's a lot of um, different different things to work through 
in this decision yeah. process. Yeah, actually, boy, I didn't even think about it in those terms. That's really interesting. So, right. So it's not just a processor switch. It's also a user face idiom switch. You're going from touchscreen to mouse and keyboard. And on top of that, it's an API switch because there are some new fancy APIs to integrate better into macOS and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, this in some ways it is magical that your app just runs there. there definitely, now that you bring it up, a lot of work to do to make it run well there. And I'm curious about that for existing apps yeah like do, does your application have multi-touch like how does that work multi-window so something we're running into is uh they introduce scenes in ios 12 ish maybe 11 i don't remember and unless you did file new project in the last year you're probably not using scenes i've been running apps for 10 years i do not use scenes and but if you want multi-window support on mac you need to support ui scenes so yay <laughs> gotta write that code gotta go interrogate my app delegates because you know it's like the trash bin of ios code we all just throw our junk code in there so now i gotta figure that out yeah you know there's there's so many things that we've talked about catalyst a lot in the past we talked about our excitement for this but I don't think we ever really sat down to, to think about all of the implications that this has on us. So it's almost it's almost to some weird extent to be overly cautious to actually uncheck all of your applications first and say, no, 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 let me hold off. Like who's gonna be mad, you know, that it's not there. It's not, it's not on Mac yet. It's only available to these new people. So in my mind, I'm almost thinking, should I just remove and uncheck everything to begin with it's a toughie um i would say it's just uh how quickly do you think you can get to it you know maybe if you can get uh get a ddk i maybe you probably can't get a ddk anymore uh so if you can buy a new computer now uh yeah uh, maybe leave it up in the hopes that it does work i'm an optimist it's gonna work apple does a good job but uh, just be prepared to take it down really fast if you realize that it's uh, terrible on there. And, well, you can always pay attention to your reviews, but reviews are lagged by like two or three days kind of minimum. So it's kind of hard to tell from reviews also. And who's going to notice? Well, those two people, those two people that bought your app, they're going to notice. I think in the future, though... Um, this is still the direction I want to go. Even with all these transitional problems and all that, I'm still excited for basing my apps around kind of UI kit and focusing in on that. So they must have the in-app purchase story figured out. It's just going to be fun signing things, right? It's just get the right certificate and the right, you know, profiles and all that. I'm sure all that's just going to be such a bear, but it's kind of the future direction of everything. So don't fight the waves. Yeah. I really feel as though right now, if I'm looking at my apps in the app store, that I really need to be thinking about taking my applications to Catalyst. I know we're not there yet on the, the Xamarin side of things. I know you're working through some things, the teams are working through some things, but I feel as though now it's all real in my mind. It's all real in my mind. Apple made it real. Thank you. That's, <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to think about, I didn't have to think about Catalyst forever, right? So the things I wanted, like these are nice to haves, 
But now if my applications are on M1 chips, it really means that I can't stick a button on my website that says get it on Mac OS and then only 1% of the Mac population can get it. That's kind of stinky. You know, <laughs> I kind of feel as though for me to really have this story, I need to go further and hope and, and work on that catalyst support so we can say, Hey, my application is over on this. And that's again, another, that's a different test case, right? Because if you do a catalyst application, and this is a good question for you, Frank, if you do a catalyst application, what is running on the M1 chip? Is it your Catalyst app or is it your iOS application non-Catalyst? Like once you go Catalyst, is everything Catalyst on a Mac no matter what? No, they do have universal binaries yet again. Some other crazy form of universal packaging. So you can ship x86 and... um ARM versions of your code. But wait, I'm sorry. I guess I just contradicted myself. So I guess that is Catalyst because it's essentially the same app just compiled for the two different processors and you can ship that way. I haven't looked into it in particular because the way the App Store Connect is set up, you can still just do two builds. So Mm. upload an iOS version, upload a Mac version, Mm. and they can either share a bundle ID And that means if they buy it on one, they get it on the other. Or you can have two different bundle IDs, and that means they have to buy them in those individual stores. Or if you check the box, then the real confusion happens, and the iOS one can be on the Mac store also. Ah, I see. So here's what really needs... Oh, no, this is very fascinating. Yeah, so if you... (laughs) This is weird. So if (laughs) if your application is... Wow, this is strange. If your application is out today on m1 and then you release a catalyst version later that technically would be a mac application and would be a different skew well it's it's up to you you now because nowadays one app record as they call it or you can think of it as a bundle id but it's not quite the same so one app record and app store connect can have multiple platforms Mm -hmm. associated with it Mm -hmm. and i guess the way i think about and that's a skew yeah so your app record is a skew i got it so that would be that would be good and then if they had a version of the m1 app that's just working and you release a new version of the macOS Catalyst app, the app would upgrade. And technically, it should look and feel the same because in that case, a Catalyst app is an iOS application. So really, it's the same application running. It just depends if it's going to work on more operating systems. So you really do want to have that shared bundle app ID for this to work properly. Yeah, Um, I was fighting it a tiny bit because I feel like I profit a little bit from having people purchase separately on iOS versus Mac. Mm. And I justify by saying I I spend time uh, keeping these two versions in in sync with each other and feature-rich on the Mac, feature-rich on iOS. But I think... I can't really justify that anymore. And I'm going to simplify my life by having A, a unified bundle ID, but B, by using that and using Catalyst and UIKit so that I'm just writing against one API. It's just a simplification. Um, 
it's simpler it's more simple from the user's perspective and it sure is a lot less maintenance work from my perspective yeah this 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 to me is the long term especially as an independent developer you're a developer of one you know how do you reduce your support tickets how do you reduce your monitoring how do you support your you know reduce your maintenance long term and how will it enable you to work on other applications well it's going to enable you to work on more applications when you have to support one less application technically you know you're going to replace one of them going forward with the other one it would be very fascinating to see how a calca or a i circuit would work if since both of them are already like is there any way to unify them today you know what i mean Right. So I, I read that section in the Apple documentation, and they say there is no way to unify two existing app records. Their recommendation is to retire one mm. and then put the other platform into the other existing one. Mm. So probably what I would do is retire the Mac app record and then start uploading Mac binaries into the iOS, the formerly iOS app record. That was their suggestion. It's almost one, whichever one has the most downloads. Yeah. In or a the weird best way. Reviews, whichever the best. one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You could, especially if it's a paid application, you almost want, it's a weird way of saying it, but like, hey, if a million people download it on iOS and a thousand people on Mac, you want to give a million people the free version of the Mac instead of a thousand people the free version of the iOS version. <laughs> In yeah. a weird way. Uh, it's, it's, it's complicated. Can I throw you a curveball? Sure. So I've been working on iCircuit 3D, and throughout this whole time, I've been maintaining an iOS and Mac version. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so do I, do I release them in that form, or do I wait a month and get my Catalyst work into good shape and uh, do that? It's a real debate I'm having because there's definitely pros and cons on both sides, the the con is I have to delay and I'm uh, riding on some experimental technology. The pro is that radical simplification long term. You know, I'm doing something painful in the short term for long term benefits. So it's a tough debate I'm having. Yeah, the obviously the thing that you could do is release only on iOS and then consider your implications on mac os right no matter what it feels as though you're going to have to have a universal skew here so if you release on ios you will technically have released on mac but only for m1 processors you know um you haven't released that native mac application so you could damn it's so tricky i feel like you have to make the decision to not upload the Mac version so you can decide later what to do with the Mac version. Or or you could release the Mac version and then it has to be the same feature parity as the iOS version, right? That's your conundrum. Like, is the iOS version at the same feature level of Mac OS? And if they're not, then that's a real problem. Well, it's a little worse than that because the Mac version is better because Macs are more powerful than iOS. So I have a lot of features tuned down, you know, settings tuned down to run on iOS. Whereas the Mac version, I just crank everything up and the app runs gloriously, that kind of stuff. 
but that's things where I can do settings and more adaptive instead of, you know, hard coding them. They're not even hard coded right now, but it's just more like defaults and things like that are different between them. But we think alike. I decided exactly, or so far I've decided exactly what you said. Uh, Start with a universal bundle ID on iOS, get that thing shipping, get it running, somehow get myself a new version of um, Mac OS and see how good it is on the Mac, see how hard it is to get it good on a Mac, give myself, say, a month to make that decision, and then I'll, I'll be able to decide if I want to ship the Mac version or continue on with the UI kit version. Nice. Yeah, I think it's, it's I think there's a few people probably in the state, and I'm, I'm interested to see what our, our listeners if you're in the same position too, or maybe you've already, you know, bought a new uh, MacBook Air and you're testing out all these iOS, I feel weird that we're that we haven't done it yet. I feel like we're behind, so we're only guessing at everything. I mean, we should be the experts on this. Sorry, sorry, everybody that you maybe came into this episode and you're like, here's a review of how everything is working. But nay, we are just giving you our insight into the app developer conundrum that we're in at this pace. But if you have one of these new MacBooks, definitely would be fascinated to, to, to write in either on Twitter or via email on mergeconflict.fm and let us know how things are going and or what are you doing with your applications? Because I don't know if everyone's, it's so easy to, to, to just not do anything. You know, if you just don't do anything, yeah. then things happen, but you should probably maybe think about some things. Yeah. And if you're selling on the store, what is the cheapest model? I think you're going to have to spend seven or $800. So you're just going to have to make that decision of, do I want to fly blind and just hope for the best or scrounge up $800 somehow, borrow it from a friend and go buy yourself a new Mac and see how well your apps run on it. I think this weekend I'm going to be sitting by my DTK and hoping and praying that it powers on and I can put it in recovery mode and, and try to upgrade it again. So we'll see <laughs> because, well, if not, we can, we can live stream mine though. I, I have no idea how, an, how long an installation is going to take. So I'm not sure if that would actually be fun live streamed. <laughs> well, maybe you can get it up and running first. Maybe we'll see. Yeah. Point a, cam- sure. point a camera at it and watch it. I will say I did up, update my, Mac OS um, or my MacBook Pro 2013, which apparently is having tons of issues from the internet. I think mine updated. I didn't turn it on, but um, I'm going to, I might wait. I was on the, one of the previews. I'm not on the final build. So I may wait a little bit because people were saying there was issues with it, but even that, that took hours to update. So it's a pretty beefy update. Yeah. So prepare yourself. So just for me playing around with it, I, I find that like all your kind of, uh, first party software. So all the Apple software works absolutely just fine on it. A lot of your big brand software, big co software that runs just fine on it. The the bad parts seem to all be around like audio and video and mm. things like that. Ironically, games seem to work fine on it. So <laughs> it's just those like professional tools that might be a little weird. I've personally hesitated putting it on my dev machine, but I think I have to put on my big boy pants and <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I think I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I, I, I needed, I need to run something. I need to test it out. I usually wait like almost a year to, to install the, the latest version of Mac OS, but I'm going to make it happen. Then I'm ready. I'm, I'm scared. This is going to be the last update that this machine definitely gets. Cause it's, it's the, it's the last, it's the oldest 
MacBook Pro that can install Big Sur. It's the very last one. Oh, is that right? Okay. So not the adorable. I wasn't sure if you were talking about the adorable. Uh, the adorable could probably run it, but that is in quarantine in Redmond. So I do not have access to that machine. Boy, I've forgotten. Remember, Someday they'll let it out. <laughs> remember we're in quarantine? It's, it's, it's a bunch of um, monkeys or uh, you know, my, my Xamarin monkeys are locked up inside of that with my, my Surface Book 2 15-inch and my MacBook oh. adorable. They're locked up in quarantine. So not that I need them, but they're there. So. Can't you get like a task rabbit and a hazmat suit? I, I, they can't get in. It's a lockdown. They can't badge in. <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, Frank, oh, Frank, Frank, Frank. This is fun. So what did we what did we learn today? What lesson did we learn today? Uh, we're behind, but don't worry. It, it's rough times. We will catch up. Apple. None of us expected Apple to follow through on this. Ha ha. Jokes on us. So we'll, we'll do a better job of catching up. Yes, and go into the App Store Connect to check out your sales. Do you have an update at all? Did it update? Did anyone download your app on desktop? As far as I can tell, I, I only checked continuous, but no one's bought it. A sad panda. Okay. Maybe the free apps. Everyone's going for the free apps. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's Merge Conflict. Please write in and let us know what situation you're in. Is it going better than our situation? Do you have one of these devices? Let us know. Go to mergeconflict.fm and click on that contact button, hop in Discord, or send us a tweet. That's going to do it for this week's podcast. So until next time, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.